You're listening to Blast Podcasting, episode 24. Final Fantasy VII Talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Blast Podcasting. I'm Xander. And this is Anthony. We are back. It's been a little while. It's mostly my fault, though. That's all good. I mean, there's been a lot going on, I mean, with life and everything, and the world's very, very weird since the last time we did the episode, but, you know, we decided to, uh, you know, do this episode on Final Fantasy VII, not just uh, the remake, but a little bit of memories, but before we get into that, uh, what what have you been up to, Anthony? What's What's been going on? Uh, not a whole lot, just uh, been, well, busy, but, you know, a lot of, some of my gaming time, I'll admit, has been going, to, been playing with my girls, so... You know, she she wasn't big in the Switch, but now she is. She loves Mario Kart, and we were playing Super Mario Brothers Wii U. And that was a lot of fun with her. You guys have also been playing the Mario Maker 2 uh, update, right? Fuck, dude. So good. Fuck. Dude, I found this guy. I can't believe I found him, but I, I still got to get you and, uh, you and Kimberly the codes for it. But Yeah. Um, but this guy. Holy shit. What this guy did was he made a Mario game. You know, like how a lot of Mario Maker players, makers, they just make really weird levels just to make them? Yeah, or make like this for the sake of being a troll or something like that. Yeah. 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 Even some of the worlds are uneven. This guy, like, looked at Mario games and he started off his difficulty with easy and it built up and they felt like traditional Mario games. And the level design was so fucking good. The only tragedy about it was it was only five worlds. Oh, wow. But, I mean, he did really a good job on on just making it feel like a traditional Mario game. And I didn't see that in a lot of the worlds. Yeah. Now, that was a couple weeks ago. I don't know. Things may have changed. I haven't played it in a couple weeks. What have you seen? I haven't I haven't played it in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I played it when they did the update initially. Uh, me and Kimberly jumped on it, and our thing is we like to do the uh, the uh, speed runs on like expert mode. That's like mm-hmm. our thing. But oh, we yeah. did, we did go back and try to play some of the worlds, and uh, like like you said, a lot of the worlds um, were just kind of not that great. So I mean, it's good to know that there's some really good uh, Mario worlds out there that people are making. Yeah, I'll see if I can get you and Kimberly the the world. Yeah, the codes for that stuff. The codes for that, yeah. Uh, for for me, I've been playing a lot of the uh, Super Mario Maker two. Uh, I played initially when the when it first came out, the the new update, and also been playing Trials of Mana, the remake. And uh, what what port did you get for that, uh, Anthony? The Switch. The Switch. I have to get the Switch. Yeah. Okay, because I was wondering because I got the Switch version as well, and um, I noticed that when people did like review copies and, and like reviews, they all did the PS4 version, which made me kind of nervous because I was like, "Oh shit, you know, uh, maybe the Switch port isn't that good." Well, it is. It's good, but it's definitely rough around the edges. And uh, what I mean by that is there are parts in the game that you'll see textures load up. Oh, yeah. Like there's like there's parts where you'll see someone like start talking and all of a sudden their textures will like pop up. And I'm just like, what the hell? So I'm hoping they fix that with an update. They they probably will. You know, um, I want to say something. Square Enix, which we'll talk a lot about this episode in general. I still think they unfairly get shitted on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Square Enix is they're in a better state than they were a decade ago. And well, to be honest, 
the whole Japanese gaming industry is in a way better state. I think they're on the top of gaming right now, like they were in the eighties and nineties. And I know few people will dispute that, but you're hearing a lot more talk about Japanese games these days again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think, I think this generation, they really turned it around because it was, it seemed weird because last generation with, uh, a lot of Japanese companies that they got, they got really influenced by Western, um, like ideas and a lot of the games just did not translate too well. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I think, uh, Square Enix is in a really good state because they've made, I mean, we're going to talk about their biggest title, but yeah. I mean, you look at Trials of Mana and even like, you know, I, I start, I played some Octopath Traveler again and I know you got, you had a hard time. Didn't you have a hard time getting into that? No, no, I I love I loved Octopath. That was a good okay. game. But I know you sold it, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I've started playing it again, and I I think it's great. And then with Bravely Default and Trials of Mana, I mean, they just have an awesome slate. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, get getting into that. I mean, talking about Final Fantasy VII remake. I mean, I. I made a couple of videos on my YouTube channel talking about uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it still feels like surreal to mention, to mention Final Fantasy VII Remake, that here we are talking about this, because this is something that's been hinted at for years, and now it's finally out, and uh, folks like ourselves have like beaten it and played it and enjoyed it, but let's go back to the Wayback Machine of like Final Fantasy VII itself, without getting too crazy, talking about some of our earliest memories, and one of the biggest memories I can talk about is I felt like Final Fantasy 7 was the first JRPG that I ever saw that had a wide range of like commercials and advertisement ever yes. for a Japanese RPG. Yes. Yes. Well, you know what? Let's be honest. It was probably the first video game that got so fucking hyped. Yeah. What game? What game in general was hyped like that? I mean, only, other than like Mario and Sonic, I can't really think of anything. Anything but not else, even, you know? But not even on the level of Final Fantasy VII were they? Yeah. I mean, the closest is maybe uh, you know Mario, Mario that commercial, you know? Yeah. But, but I mean, we didn't get yeah, anything. We didn't get anything like that. Like I remember, like seeing Final Fantasy VII commercials while uh, watching, like, Saturday Night Wrestling, and it was like a movie trailer. Like, they were treating it like a Hollywood picture, and it was just like, oh, my God. And I think it was because, you know, it was the perfect storm. You had, you know, an acclaimed series like Final Fantasy coming to a brand-new console, the Sony PlayStation. It was a brand-new generation of, like, technology. It was just, like, all the planets aligned, and we had this, like, really, really awesome moment, you know? Yep. Yep. And, I'll, and and I mean, that game back in 97, it's astounding. And you know what? I played it and I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, in a sense, it's an, it's an abbreviated version. But you know what? With having beaten the remake, which I barely did last night, um, you know, it still stands on its own, I think. Yeah. It's still the original still is its own beast. Yeah, like now, now let me ask you this, Anthony, because a lot of people, you know, when they initially heard of Final Fantasy VII Remake and they heard that it was episodic, I know there's still people, like you go on Facebook now and there's still people that are upset that it's not the full game. By just playing this first episode of Final Fantasy VII, did you feel like you got a full experience regardless of it not being the full story? Fuck yes, I did. I, I, yep. I did. And you know what? I'll say this. 
remember I posted a picture in our chat of a stupid review? Yeah. The, the, this guy even tried to lie and say that Square Enix was being deceitful and they never said it was, they, they hardly said it was episodic. Yeah. Well, dude, everywhere you went said it was episodic. Yeah. That information was all over the fucking place. Yeah, and the thing about it is, is like, if you look, and this is what I've been doing with a lot of people, if you look at the 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 time it takes to beat the Final Fantasy VII remake and the time it takes to beat the original Final Fantasy VII, the only difference is just like like 10 or 15 minutes. Like yeah. The, like the epi- this, this episode is as big as all three discs of Final Fantasy VII. And here's another thing. A lot of people, you know, when they talk about Final Fantasy VII, they're like, well, you know, that game was really big. It's on three discs. Well, yeah, it was on three discs back in 1997. You know, yeah. like we got bigger technology now, like a three disc. I mean, you can obviously you can put Final Fantasy VII, the whole game on one cartridge now, which you, was... You- Unreal oh, back, at, which was unreal back in like '97 with the N64. You know, I remember that I wasn't into JRPGs at that time. Believe it or not, I mean that fuck Magus Anthony. You know that's hard to believe, huh? Oh yeah, there's yeah because I'm a big old whore for those games. But in the end, I wasn't really into them. But Final Fantasy VII screenshots in magazines just kept coming out, coming out. And I got more curious about the series. And that's what sparked me. And I got so lucky because I got to play six and seven at the same time. You know, every time you tell me that, it it blows my mind to think of like you playing Final Fantasy VII and six at the same time, like like taking a break from one game and going back to the other, because like it's hard enough just to like put down one jrpg like two of that caliber is like freaking crazy well it was because two both of them were so good that was that was the crazy thing because you know you you know those are two of the best games in the series i know there's gonna be those people say final fantasy 7 is overrated you know but it's a lot what a lot of people who don't say that you know don't understand and we could go on that later but for me yeah it was nuts i don't think I've ever done that since. Now, uh, talking about the Final Fantasy VII remake, what was what was some of the key things that really stuck out to you? Well, just the fleshing out of everything of Midgar. Mm-hmm. Like there were so many things that were very vague in the original, and that's okay, you know, because Final Fantasy games aren't exactly known for their world building. I'm not shitting on the series, but they're not, right? Yeah. There's basically a lot of the games have a little bit of a backstory based off of one event that focuses into that story. I.e. the War of the Magi or whatever in 6, this one, the, you know, the Genova crash, you know, and they really expounded on a lot of things that happened. For example, you know, um, what what's a good example of this? Ah, uh, fuck! Just like Don Corneille. Yeah. Like in the original game, he's a piece of shit, but he's a real big piece of shit in this one. Yeah, and also, uh, I mean, just Wedge, Biggs, and Jesse alone. Yeah. Like they're they are more into this story than they were in the original, and it was it was really nice seeing kind of 
more on um you know Jesse's backstory like see exactly how she got started and you know how it kind of kind of like leads and foreshadows into stuff like the golden saucer and stuff like I love I love stuff like that. And, yeah. And I I like the fact that you know it was listen like the Final Fantasy 7 remake it is very linear but also the first disc of Final Fantasy 7 is also very linear. And it did a good job of just keeping you on track. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like there was no part where I was just like, what do I do next? What's going on? I was like, I knew exactly what I was doing the whole time. It was so streamlined. And for a gamer like myself today, like the kind of gamer I am now, I absolutely loved it. You know, I'm going to might get some shit, but you know what the game reminded me of? Yakuza in a sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because for a number of reasons. One, the what I mean, you could tell they got inspiration from Yakuza with the way the, the town is presented. Because in Yakuza games, you're wandering around and you just hear people fucking talking shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was an inspiration. And then the whole, like, kind of free roaming type aspect in those areas, right? Yeah. And the, uh, the mini games, like the mini quest, were very, mm-hmm. very Yakuza. And you know what? I didn't. I purposely didn't play the, a lot of the mini quests because I want to go back and do it. I I know there was some criticism for those side quests, but I I thought some of them actually fleshed out Midgar a bit more. Yeah, some some of them are good. Uh, some yeah. of them, some of them were your standalone, like you know, stereotypical fetch quest. But I mean that that goes hand in hand with side quests in any RPG, no matter what you're playing. You're gonna you're gonna have fetch quest well look, look i love the witcher i'm gonna get into witcher 3 real quick i love the witcher 3 and people say oh the side quests are perfect yeah but they also have fetch quests in them don't lie yeah every rpg has fetch quest side quests yep just a fact but but with this game yeah i, I i'm but you know what i noticed is with some side quests yeah they'll start out real simple but then they'll flesh out mm-hmm. they'll branch out more now, I think the most important thing to talk about uh, when it comes to the remake is, what did you think about the battle system? You know what? This is probably what Square... This is a combination of what Square wanted to do both with 13 and 15. Now, I'm not counting 14 because that's a whole different beast. Yeah. Okay? You got elements of... Of what they and I, I don't think 13 is a bad system and I know some people like to shit on 15 I don't think it's a bad system I don't know if you agree with that but I, I thought about 15 was good like that's what I liked about Final Fantasy 7 is it was, it made me think of 15 but more refined yeah oh for sure and what I think about it was that game was not easy Mm-mm. it's not an easy game and it's not for, you know, lack of grinding or anything like that. Those boss battles are like persona boss battles where they are not hard because you didn't grind. They're hard because they have very strict strategies that change up. Yeah. Like last night when I messaged you, um, I was fighting the tank boss. That was a tricky fucking boss. Was it the tank right after you battled Rufus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Rufus battle was tricky. Yeah, I'd say I don't even remember Rufus being that hard in the original. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, he wasn't that hard. And you know what? He was Rufus in the original. Real quick about Rufus. He seemed a little bit more nicer in the original. This one, he was a complete asshole. Oh, yeah. 
but well, I th- I'm sure we'll get into that more. But anyway, yeah, those boss battles. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, what else? I mean, the Hell House. I had trouble with. Oh yeah, I love they brought back the Hell House though. That was pretty well, sweet. Well, that's one thing I want to bring back. They pretty much what they did that was so fucking brilliant was they pretty much brought back every monster in that game. And they explained the reason for them being there, which was so crazy. Yeah. Like, even if it's a minor reason. Right? Yeah, like, the soldiers, like, the, the soldiers didn't feel like just, like, uh, like little henchmen of Shinra. Like, you actually mm-hmm. felt the ranks of the different soldiers that you fought in the, within the game. Or the ghosts in the in the train. Yeah. I mean, in the original, in the train graveyard, they're just ghosts. But there's a whole story around them. Yeah, that was that was really cool, and I also, I mean, the the battle system. I think, I think is it, if they use this same battle system for future Final Fantasies, I would not complain whatsoever. No. I thought it was, I thought it was really fun. Uh, you know, it was fun to watch. I mean, like my my girlfriend was watching me play Final Fantasy VII, and she enjoyed just watching me play mm-hmm. because it was so fast paced. But at the same time, it uses strategy. It's not just a hack yeah. and slash. Um, I mean, a lot of people will see it and they're like, oh, that looks like Devil May Cry. No. And I think with that, you know, bar meter that you have to wait for it to fill up before you can use items and magic was absolutely brilliant. I think that's what kind of kept it in place from it still feeling exactly. like a turn. Yeah, it still felt kind of turn-based, but at the same time had that action flavor to it. And, and one one thing that's interesting is the game doesn't force you, but it may it has you switch characters. Because yeah. one thing I noticed is that if you're playing as Cloud, Cloud will get p- fucking targeted. Yeah. If you play as Aerith, she will get fucking targeted. Just stuff like that. No, I, I really like changing the characters, though. I really love that. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can just, like, you know, every second switch between one character to the other. And, you know, my girlfriend was watching me, and it was just like watching an action movie. I fucking yep. loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it's, you know what, the only complaint I have for this fucking game is there's a couple parts where it felt a little padded out. Yeah. And the camera angles are a little janky. But to me, this was a 10 out of 10 because when I was 14 in 1997, I was blown fucking away. Yeah. It's crazy that a remake would do that to you. Like I really enjoyed Resident Evil Two, and it it was fucking fantastic, but it didn't blow me away. But maybe it wasn't because I didn't play Resident Evil Two a whole whole lot back yeah. in the day. I beat it once, I think. So maybe that's why. Well, my only my my complaint I'd have about Final Fantasy Seven. I mean, you you brought up some good points about the camera angles and and uh, the padding out, especially Chapter 17, man. Chapter 17, I feel like it's very padded out. Yeah. But um, some of the dungeons, some of the dungeons kind of drop the bar a little bit. Yeah. Um, like when you're in certain reactors, like I think Reactor 5, that, that whole puzzle with that, I was just like, oh, my God. Because you go from like this crazy boss battle and, and side quests and exploring, and then you get in this dungeon, and it feels kind of mundane in some ways. I mean, not too much, but at the same time, it's just like, that was probably the weakest part of the whole game. I agree. Yeah, that I know what you're talking about. With the lights and shit? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was not... It's not... Uh, now, let me say this. It's not badly designed, but it's not as creative as the rest of the game is. Yeah. It's like the game has these standards. And it already set standards before. Like, I mean, that fucking first chapter... 
I mean, the way, you know, after the, I mean, they even expand upon it after the explosion. Cause in the original, you kind of just jump out and that's it. Yeah. In this one, you're like running from buildings being affected and just stuff like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, that one was just not as creative as the other dungeons. Yeah. 17 didn't bug me too much because I think what kept it interesting was the Hojo element. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Because Hojo was there and he added a sense of dread and, you know, just like this is a fucked up guy. In the dungeon you were talking about, there's nothing like that. It's just turn off lights. There's nothing. And I'm not saying it's horrible. I'm just saying it was just, it was just probably just bland compared to the rest of the game, but it's not bad if that makes sense. I, I loved the part of going in Shinra's, um, like building. Like when you went oh. through that, like the little like tour, that tour, like looking at the history of Shinra and how they, you know, discovered the Mako energy and the ancients mm -hmm. and everything. I thought that was such a clever way to explain who the ancients are, what's going on without it just sounding like jumbled mess. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. About, about that real quick, because the children building is probably one of the most changed parts. It really is. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, one of the big changes is you get captured in the original game. Remember? Mm -hmm. And I was expecting that scene to happen, but it didn't. And it was that scene was always weird to me because why did they put Red 13 in Eric with the rest of them? Remember? Yeah. Even back then, I was questioning that. Why is she in a cell? <laughs> Shouldn't she be back in the lap? Yeah. Right. But I, 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 I'm not saying I'm not shitting on that because that adds, you know, a difference to the original game. Also, like there was a there were some puzzle elements in the original game in the Shinra building that they completely took out. And yeah. I think that would have hurt the pace if they would have left those in. But they left those fucking stairs in there. <laughs> I didn't do that. I did the elevator. I, I did the stairs. I was like, oh, let's let's do this because I it was it was great. They, they they had the little commentary and stuff like that, like they did oh, in the first one. I, I'll do that because I want to hear Barrett bitch. Oh yeah, he totally bitches the whole time. <laughs> it is he did It's fucking hilarious. Um, speaking of Barrett, I want to address another complaint. You know, a lot of people complain there's a lot of profanity in this. Are they aware that they there's a lot of profanity in the original game? Right. It was just censored. That's all. The, that's all it was. It was like bleeped out. That's all it was. Not if you played the original. The only one, the only word that was censored was was fuck. Ah. Uh. If you played the original in '97, they said shit a lot in the original. And it wasn't uh, censored. See, I had the uh, I had the greatest hits version. Maybe that's why. Because I had the greatest hits version. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they... See, I played it when it came out on release. And let's be honest, the translation was even worse. But, I mean, it cussed a lot in yeah. that original... In, I mean, I played that game when it came out in 97. And it fucking spewed words cuss words and i don't understand why people are complaining that this game has too much profanity i heard they say fucking this but i didn't hear it i can't remember yeah someone said they do but maybe i didn't i didn't it's, catch it it's honestly one of those things that i never really take note on yeah because you know, i'm 34 years old <laughs> oh it's just weird it, you know? it's kind of like 
it, well, you know what? I, I'm, I, you know me, I cuss like a fucking sailor, but it's just one of those things where you don't expect cussing. Like it's with like Picard. I'll give you an example. I love that Picard series that just came out. Yeah. And I love Star Trek, the next generation where they didn't cuss hardly ever, but they're dropping fuck in the Picard. So that kind of caught me. It catches me off guard for the property. It is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know what makes what makes Final Fantasy VII interesting, even back then, is uh, you know JRPGs, especially a lot of SquareSoft games, were heavily censored on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, like, it was very heavily censored, and you know to see the things that happened back then on Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation, it it was completely like mind blowing, like um. You, you know, and, and one of the things that I did want to talk about was, you know, the whole um, you know, Honey Bee Inn, the whole Honey oh, Bee Inn yeah. spot, you know, like, it was funny because back then, that was very, very, like, what the hell? And it's like they took that what the hell moment and took it to another degree, and it's almost like they had to because back then they had a what the hell moment, so they had to even make it more what the hell moment with the remake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't know what to say about this remake. It's just fucking astounding. It's probably my best game of the year. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely up there with my game of the year. Now, um, I, I think we should get into what we would like to see in the in the next episode, and then we'll talk about a little bit of spoilers, and that that's yeah. talking about the ending before we end the show. But what would you like to see in the new episode of Final Fantasy VII? Well, I'm curious how they're going to do it because this is where the world opens up. Yeah. But like you said, if I don't know how much they're going to cover because it's going to be very interesting to see how they cover towns. Are they going to do like each area you travel through a dungeon? Like, hmm. like it looks like it's doing the it looks like they're doing the Final Fantasy X approach. Yeah. Or the or the 13 approach like, you know, a lot of people, you know, who bitch about 13 forget 10 was that way convenient or are they going to do it like 15 yeah that's that's going to be hard to say because can you do it like 15 because i, I don't see why not i think they're going to have to do it linear which i don't mind because they'll probably add a way that you can go back and visit places because you could do that in this new one yeah Right. Yeah, see, my my thing is is like I think this episode, this next episode, I feel like they could cover a lot because a lot of people forget the third disc, the Final Fantasy VII, is pretty much the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, you got the last battle, a couple of side quests, a uh, couple of things for completionists, but that was pretty much it. I mean, the there was so much data in the final battle with Sephiroth in the original that it took a lot of disc space yeah so, and, and plus i mean think of how long it took for freaking knights of the round summon to go <laughs> supernova i'm looking at supernova yeah right at you but uh but yeah i mean like i i think i think they could do something really good about it um i would love to see of course the new additions like i would like to see yuffie i'd love to see vincent and sid uh, we saw a little bit of hints of Kate Sith with. We saw um, Kate Sith. Yeah, yeah. We saw him in the remake, and uh, you know his his character, like his his real persona, the the guy in um, Shinra had. Reeve. 
Yeah, Reeve, he, he had much more presence in this uh, remake than he did in the original, if, I don't, he, if I'm not mistaken. He, he has to because he is technically part of your party. Yeah. In all honesty. Yuffie, Sid, Kate Sith, who else? Vincent, is that it? Yeah. Yeah? And Red 13, because you didn't really get to play as him. Yeah, that's right. That was probably one of my other gripes, too. I hate that I didn't get to play as Red 13. You know, I, I, I would have liked to play as him, but I get it. Yeah. Because it's too end game, too late in the game to add him in the capacity that they they had to. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like you would have had a moment to be able to upgrade his weapons or his materia. You wouldn't have had a whole lot of time to do any of that. Yeah. Well, what's going to be interesting, too, is is in this next one is... What I'm really excited to see, and it's because I'm I'm such a fan of it in the original, is fucking Gold Saucer. Yes. My I, I, I'm looking forward to the Golden Saucer, and I'm looking forward to uh, Red 13's, like, home, like uh, oh, the, the canyon. Cosmo Canyon. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I'm excited to see Junin. Yeah. And Costa del Sol. And and also some of uh, Barrett's backstory that happens in this too. Yeah, that which involves the gold saucer. Yeah, you know, interesting to see how they flesh that out with uh, dying and all that. Or uh, you know what? I'm wondering if they're going to keep the same uh, kind of thing in the golden saucer like they did in the original. Uh, I don't know if you ever did this. Were you ever like super mean to Aerith and Tifa the whole time through the throughout the game until you got to the golden saucer? I'm a Tifa fan, so I was always getting Tifa. I always okay. get Tifa. Okay, because because if oh, but were... I know about the Barrett date though. Yeah, yeah, you have a bro, <laughs> you have a bromance. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I forgot about. You can get Yuffie too. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you. I think you can maybe. Oh, the Wu Tai sequence. Oh yeah. Yeah, which ends the Don Corneo storyline. That's right. And, and uh, remember, one thing that I think we both wrote from this remake is not everything's going to be exactly. They did make some big changes. Oh, and that's a good segue into the uh, the spoilers. Yeah, let's let's do. I think let's talk about Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse because I have some unanswered questions. Wedge survives Sector Seven falling, and his fate is ambiguous. Yeah, at least to me, it is. I don't. I didn't. Did he die? I th I think he did. But they didn't show a corpse. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not sure if he died or not. I was wondering that myself. Yeah. Did Did he die? And then Biggs surviving. Yeah. And you know what? It's a meta commentary too on the original. In a sense, this whole fate thing acknowledges the original game. That's that's the craziest thing because one of the things that we were thrown into this was the uh the the watchers. Yeah, you know, the, those like those almost like uh Grim Reaper type of things flying around. The whispers, it. yeah, the whispers. Yeah, that the, like they're trying to keep the timeline a certain way, but at the same time they don't they don't involve themselves with certain events happening. And of course with the ending, um we see Zach. Yeah. Now, what is that? See, here, here's the thing. It's almost like Zach is still alive in a weird alternate timeline. Because if you notice, 
when it showed the Shinra dog, it was a different dog. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, the original Shinra. It wasn't his dog. It was looked like Rufus's dog. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that he was holding Cloud and taking him to Midgar. I'm just like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's fucking nuts because, yeah, Zach being alive, I don't know how I feel about that if that's the case. If it's an alternate timeline, I can accept that, but, I mean, Zach's death is very, very important to the to the story. It really but, is. I mean, it's what shaped Cloud. Mm-hmm. It's that turning point for Cloud. I mean, I remember watching that, and it was so fucking shocking. Yeah. You know, and Zach's death is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> dude gets freaking shot up by everyone. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of, like, that dude in Akira, remember? Uh-huh. Except less, a lot less bloodier. But if it was bloody, it'd be the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, like, wondering. Now I'm wondering the inevitable. And that is, uh, is Aerith going to survive or is she going to die in this next episode? I think, think about it. I think this aspect of the game was meta commentary in yeah. a sense. And it, and, and this is what I'm saying. The whispers represent Square Enix. Now, this is where the lit in me comes out. They're basically saying, oh, no, no. The whispers represent the fans' expectations. Think of it that way. Okay. Because they're dictating fate because of the way they expected the game to go. Oh, wow. And basically destroying the whispers, Square Enix is saying, throw your expectations away. This, th- There's going to be differences. This is the same game you love, but there are going to be differences. Which I'm all for. Yeah, I don't mind that. Like, it didn't bug me that what, what, what they did with Wedge. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure Jesse's dead. And, yeah. and I'll say that because... They gave we didn't learn a lot about because I, I was hoping we learned a little bit more about Wedge and Biggs, but we really did it. Backstory wise. But we yeah. did Jesse. Yeah. Unless I missed something. No, no, I don't I don't remember hearing too much about Biggs and Wedge. So they're really gonna expound on their story. I think. And I think it's interesting because let's talk about the fleshing out of ideas like Avalanche. Like, mm-hmm. in the original, Avalanche was just Barrett, Biggs, Wedge, Jesse, and Tifa. In this one, it's a fucking organization yeah. that has resources. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Like, it feels like an actual, like, you know, resistance. Yeah. And then there's hints. Like, there's a lot of plot points that haven't been expounded on, but I'm sure they will be. Why Barrett's group splintered out of the main group. Yeah. You know, and why Barrett is such an extremist? Because he is an extremist. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. That's his flaw. He's an extremist. He's black and white, and that's his mate, his greatest strength, and that's his biggest weakness. He's black and white. Yep. Makes you think of that uh, when they were on the train and he was confronting that Shinra employee. <laughs> that was yeah. great. That was, I was like, dude, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They were. It reminded me of that scene in The Joker. Yeah, it did. Yeah. 
yeah, on the subway train, except it's not as violent, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, they just, other things they fleshed out was just people's reactions to avalanche. Not everybody was in support of them. Yeah. It even made you question some of avalanche's tactics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I almost felt like, like a little too extremist. It's like, wow, they're, they're really fucking up. Yeah. Cause you see, you see like, what the what happens when the reactor explodes like what it does to people's lives like even though it's uh you know it's something uh, a a statement that avalanche is doing and you know in hindsight it's something good because shinra is bad but you see what actually happens like even when that uh the plate fell in the original that was just a cut scene that's all it was yeah you didn't see like you didn't see what was crazy about that scene was they expel- expanded it so much that you it was a terrifying experience. And one thing they never mentioned in the original was they showed how it affected the slums, but never the top Yeah, of the plate. They never did. Now, I'm not saying that's bad storytelling because they were telling a more expanded story. Okay? But with the way they compressed it, they could expound on it. So and I use I'm going to use that word a lot because that's what they did. So there's that scene where you're climbing up to get to the Shinra building and you see what it did to the top plate. Yeah. And how people on the top plate are suffering too. That Shinra just did not fuck the little slums. They fucked their own upper class people too. Yeah. I'm wondering too about the whole uh Roche character. Okay. Oh, the new uh the new soldier. Yeah. Yeah, he I I we see him in Jesse's chapter, right? Mhm. And then he's kind of done, right? Yeah, he shows up like like two times and that's about it and he's just obsessed with his motorcycle and fighting cloud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You know, it's what what do you think of the new characters? I I like them. One that was real interesting was Wesley. I'm trying to think which one. Which one's her? He was Don Corneo's henchman, the one that his fiance. <gasps> yes, that was such a. I mean, that like in the original, like Corneo's like, oh, just really like he's a scumbag. Yeah, but but they show him even doing the whole Braveheart thing. Yeah, remember for those that don't know, in Braveheart and in in old medieval history, England would, you know, on women's wedding nights. The guards couldn't take away a bride and take away her virginity as opposed to her husband. They had that right. And that's kind of what it felt to me, what he did to Leslie. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to see more of Leslie. I don't think we've seen the last of him. Yeah, I did. I really did like his character. And I like the fact that, you know, he, you knew the moment you met him in the honey, honey, uh, BN and everything, you knew something was mm-hmm. up with him, but then it like expanded more and you're just like, and that's what it almost made me think of that almost like Yakuza kind of feel too, as well. Yeah. Cause you know, in the Yakuza games, like you, you get those characters and you get that little backstory and you're just like, oh, that's why they, they're the way they are. And that's kind of what they did with that. Well, that's what made Yakuza so great. Like, there's a guy sitting in the front of a bench crying, and then you get this whole fucking story. Yeah. Like a short story. And that's what they did with this game. And it was just astounding. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think. Um, 
the orphan story. The orphans that I I love the orphan kids. Moggy, oh yeah, little Moggy. <laughs> yeah, that shit was funny. Yeah, yeah, the little kid who's dressed up as a mob. <laughs> I wonder if we'll see little Moggy in the next episode in different various towns. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with with Moggy, it made me think of because uh, it's funny he was playing the gold saucer. Yeah, thing. remember Mog House in the original? Yeah, the arcade. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see Mog House. I wonder if we'll find out Mog House is a sweatshop. Sweatshop? <laughs> no, 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 the game. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. But no, like yeah. I was, I was, uh, I, I wonder, I wonder if like Gold Saucer, I wonder if they'll bring back um the snowboarding. They may. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I mean, they the motorcycle sequences were incredible. Oh yeah, it was like pure like arcade like Sega goodness. That's what it felt like to me. You know, it, it it was just so. See, this is the this is the game that I've been wanting because I feel a lot of AAA games they would benefit by having deeper stories with the set pieces, and that's what I got with this. Yeah, like very complex. You know, the characters were Final Fantasy VII was a very complicated story to begin with. Oh yeah, but it got further complicated in this game. You know, um, you know, and. I think Cloud's development was interesting. Yeah, yeah. He seemed to be a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say emotional, but a little bit more personal than he was in the original. Yeah. And that in that Midgar sequences. Yeah, I mean, you know, him and then and then the slight little things of him developing feelings for both Aerith and Tifa. Yeah. And then one thing that it showed in the original game were that Tifa and and Aerith were really good friends, but they really expounded on that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool too. I I liked their dynamic a lot. And then um I like the hints of the sort of like tensions between Red 13 and him. Like when Red 13 slaps him with his tail. Yeah. I yeah, love she, it. And there's a line that he says um he could bear says uh Something about a sack full of shit, and he and then the fucking uh, Red Thirteen calls him a sack of shit. Yeah, yeah, just stuff like that. Yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. Any, and I, I will say, so far this is my game of the year. Yeah, it, like, it's my like hands, like hands down. Because here's the thing, like, and this is this is gonna be like my little ending segment before we end the show, talking about Final Fantasy VII remake. If they made this game. Exactly like the original Final Fantasy VII, but just with better graphics. I don't think I would have it as a much of an enjoyable experience. No, no way. It's it's such a, it's such a. It, I mean, they added world building. They added. I mean, people were questioning that this episodic thing would not work, but you really flesh like you. It makes you think, and I'm gonna go back to it later in the summer. Yeah, I'll probably go back and play it through. Um, and do all the side quests. Yeah, but, see, that's a, that's a it's a game I want to go back to and play, which is I don't do that often with games anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like it, it, look look at it this way. I'm about to beat Fire Emblem Three Fates, Three Houses. Fuck, I've mixed up the name. Um, but like that one, I'm gonna go back later on because of the two houses thing. Because the story does dramatically change. 
yeah. with each house. So it's like in that sense, I didn't see everything in this first playthrough. And the same thing with Fire Emblem. So I'm going to go back to those games at the same time, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Final Fantasy VII Remake. I, I mean, there's so much we can talk about. Wall Market. Let's, we didn't, you wanted to talk about Wall Market real quick. Yeah, I mean, I I freaking love the Wall Market. It yeah, was, I liked it. It was it was so I don't I don't know. It was like it was one of those things. Like when I was playing it, I could feel like I, I would just walk around and just like soak everything in. I liked how it had like little back alleys of like jazz music and stuff like that, and people trying to like play dice and stuff. I thought that was awesome. There was that section too. Like it like each section felt like it had its own character. Like there's a sec the section by the Honey Bee Inn. It wasn't just the Honey Bee Inn, but it seemed like a bunch of young people going to nightclubs. Like, girls dressed up for nightclubs, like in short dresses and it sh and shorts and things like that. It gave me a very Comorocho vibe. Yeah, it did. It really it did. did. It really fucking did. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I was looking at shit. Like, I remember I kept, like, like, I kept looking at that sandwich with the eyeball in it. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And then, uh, and then, like, there were things that I was just like wanting to eat in real life. Like, they kept talking about chocobo corn, yeah, popcorn, and they're like, "It's so delicious." I mean, <laughs> holy shit, Xander! Yeah, I was like, "It's a good game, definitely." Yeah, it's I I I don't know how people are. Oh, let's. I know you want to end it, but real quick, how? People are bitching about it. Like I showed you that review, that guy was outright lying that Square was being deceived. Yeah, deceiving. And then he's like, "I'm no longer a Final Fantasy fan." Really? <laughs> I mean, and his, uh, you know what the name of his uh, of his review account on Amazon was? Brutally honest reviews when he himself was not honest. Yeah. I mean, it, it, people like it's only ten percent of the game, but. These people don't understand that they fleshed out everything and that when I was in the Shinra building, it felt like it was coming to a climax. Yeah. How did you feel about the Sephiroth battle? I thought that was really interesting. I was not expecting that at all. I'll be mm -hmm. honest. Yeah, and, and the way they did Sephiroth in this game, like I'm one thing I'm excited to see too. Is Cloud tell the the Nibelheim story the the lie one? Yeah, because in the first one, that's when I remember when I played the first game. I loved the Midgar sequence, but when Cloud told the Nibelheim story in the original, that's when I was fucking sold on it. Yeah, that's when like holy shit, this completely subverted all my expectations. Yeah, I wonder how that. I I can't wait to play that story. I mean, we saw little hints of uh, those what? events in the uh, in the remake. What, Xander? You broke up again. Uh, I'm right here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, go ahead. No, I was saying, as I was wondering, uh, wondering how that's going to inspire in the next episode because uh, we saw a little glimpse of it in the remake. Mm -hmm. Some of those events. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, in the next couple episodes, how far is it going to go? Because honestly, I think it could go a little beyond the death of Eric. I think it could go to when Cloud gives the Black Materia. I can see that. That'd be a good, like, little cliffhanger ending. I mean, that part <laughs> is... 
I mean, that part is just fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. When he delivers the dark materia. So, I mean, and there's so many unanswered questions. I mean, you know what? Even in the next episode, we're going to have to talk a little bit more about this. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to do... You don't mind me saying the next episode. No, I don't. We're, we're going to do a Switch episode, but man, there's just so much to talk about this game. Indeed, indeed. I mean, I'm, I know we're out of time, but fuck, I got a lot to say still. <laughs> but luckily, <laughs> just to let you know, just to I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know I'm doing another ca I'm doing a spoiler cast with Darkstream on this. Oh yeah, tell tell the listeners about that in case they haven't uh, checked out your new your uh, other podcast. Yeah, absolute counter. Make sure you guys check it out. Indeed, indeed. We'll have a link on the description below so you guys can check that podcast out as well. And it, I, I really love that show a lot. Like you and uh, Dark Scream are really good. Yeah. Well, you know what? He and I have a different chemistry, but it's a good one. Yeah. And then you and I, you and I have a different one. But I mean, it works. Both shows are a blast to do. No pun intended. Yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize I did that. <laughs> but yeah, but I, mean I think. I Oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I don't. I was just going to ramble. Go ahead. No, I was, I was about to say this is probably going to be uh, the conclusion of the episode. So I'm going to let you uh, say the last little things before we, before we head on out. This game's fucking brilliant. It <laughs> is. Fuck. I'm still reeling from it. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, Xander. <laughs> well guys if you enjoyed listening to this episode you can check out uh more of our episodes on itunes uh google play uh, iHeartRadio, stitcher and also uh on our youtube channels as well like youtube.com slash xander scullion and uh magnus x1 as well you guys can check them out and Ooh, my newest video is a doozy oh yeah <laughs> We don't do drama on this show, so I'm not going to mention what it's about. Just go fucking watch it. It's a doozy. It's a pure mega strat. Indeed, indeed. But anyway, guys, as always, thanks for watching, and we'll be blasting off to the next episode. <laughs>